Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is good to be on with you. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good news, breaking news. Ex-Cardinal McCarrick, ex-Cardinal McCarrick, Mr. McCarrick, to appear in criminal court for sexually assaulting teenage boy. About time. It's about time. That took long enough, didn't it? Let's pray for a good outcome in that story. Uh, What's going on with the violence in South Africa? Are you even aware of the unrest and violence in South Africa. Uh, It's a story that's um, maybe on the the tail end of it, but I don't think it's been widely reported. Today on the program, Bernard Tuffin from Family Action South Africa is going to be on to give us an update or to help us better understand what is going on there. What is the cause of this? Is this just... Poor people looting and rioting because they need food or, or provisions. Was there anything else going on? Um, he's the boots on the ground there in South Africa to give us the details. Bernard Tuffin is going to be on. And then uh, how about all of these uh, stories that are coming out in the headline news about uh, mandated vaccinations? The DOJ saying it's completely legal. And now President Biden is uh, signaling that the federal government agencies will begin to mandate vaccinations uh, of their employees, or at the very least, uh, require those that choose not to, to have frequent um, COVID tests. Uh, more lockdowns seem to be on the horizon. How about um, the mask rules coming back? Um, so there's a lot of things going on in the headline news. Is any of this legal? Joining in the program in this hour, Christopher Ferrara from the uh, St. Thomas More Society is going to be our guest to talk about this from a legal perspective perspective. All of that coming up in this hour. It's going to be jam-packed. Hopefully hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Praise be to God. It's Friday. It's Friday. Thanks be to God. So uh, anything important going on in the weekend? Um, Not that I know of currently. Um, that's a work in progress. But last night I went to the Concert for Life uh, here in Houston with Father David Michael Moses. So that was a great time. Good, good um, crowd? Great. It was packed. Yeah, <laughs> it praise was be packed. to God. Praise be to God. Well, that's good. Uh, he He's always a fun time when it comes to uh, concerts like that. So uh, yes, praise indeed. God. Uh, speaking of fun times, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Anything planned for the weekend? Any more uh, meat brisket party type of things like you did last week? I really hope so. And, I really hope and so. Am I going to get an invite this time? You're definitely not. You're <laughs> certainly not. Uh, but the... Um, one thing is what I'm going to do is, you know, Bernard Tuffin, he's with Family Action, which is associated with the TFP. I'm actually going to Lafayette uh, over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and I'll come back Sunday after Mass to um, help out with their boys camp. By so, the way, they don't pronounce it that way. It's not Lafayette. Uh, they said Lafayette, just so you know. Just so, uh, you know. Uh, so when you're in line, you know, at Best Stop asking for some cracklings, boudin balls, don't say Lafayette. Just okay. A little pro, pro tip there. I was planning, my plan was I was going to go to every store and just be like, <laughs> I love being a Lafayette. <laughs> Lafayette. Even though it's named after the person, uh-huh. Lafayette, they, they they don't say it correctly. I don't know why. That poor, it's kind of like Whataburger. <laughs> Ouch. You had to go there. 
Anyway, all right, praise be to God. We're, we're going to have, I don't know what I have on the plans for this weekend. I have to ask my wife, what am I doing this weekend again? I'm sure the honeydew list is, is probably involved. At any rate, uh, the weekend is, not, is upon us, and praise be to God for it. But that means in our second hour, for anybody who is able to join us in our second hour, we give out the prize pack this week. And uh, it's been kind of a, a fun uh, opportunity to give somebody some cool stuff, Janelle. Uh, our sponsor this week has been kind of popular. Oh, yes, I bet. They, they're they awesome. They Why wouldn't they be popular with all the great products they have? Leather. Yes. Um, Array, for those who don't know, Array Moose, that's O-R-E, and then Moose as an M-O-O-S-E, as in the animal. They'll be providing a Moose-style standard-sized Bible cover, a standard-sized breviary cover, a regular print Magnificat cover, and a rosary pouch. All the leather used is a beautiful chocolate brown and black stitching to give your religious goods a beautiful and elegant look. The prize is 100% handmade and built to last a lifetime. High-quality leather and great craftsmanship are what make Aramus Leatherwork stand out. Thank you so much, Aramus, for underwriting this week's game show. I'm so glad we could have them on. Somebody gets to win that today, but the last today. three chances to get in on that drawing happens in our second hour this morning. So if you can join us, it would be great, and maybe you can be the contestant. I don't know. You can find the rules, the phone number, all of that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Station of the Cross. Good morning to you, Guadalupe Radio Network, and everybody hanging out with us on our live video feeds this morning on Facebook, YouTube. Good morning to you. Make sure to share with uh, with your friends and your family. That'd be wonderful. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, whatever your needs are. Let's pray for conversion of sinners around the world and fidelity to the teaching of, of the church and to the mission of the church to save souls by the hierarchy and the faithful. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Today is Friday, July 30th. Looking at your headlines today, reported by the Boston Globe. Defrocked Cardinal Theodore McCarrick charged with sexually assaulting teenager in the 1970s. Defrocked former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick was charged Wednesday with sexually assaulting a 16-year-old boy during a wedding reception at Wellesley College in the 1970s making him the highest-ranking Catholic official in the United States to face criminal charges in the clergy sexual abuse scandal. McCarrick, 91, a former Archbishop of Washington, D.C., who fraternized with popes and presidents before he was expelled from the priesthood over sexual abuse allegations, is charged with three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person over 14 in a criminal complaint filed on Wesley Police Ademdel Dedham District Court. The summons had been issued ordering McCarrick, now living in Missouri, to appear at the court for arraignment September 3rd. McCarrick's attorney, Barry Coborn of Washington, D.C., said what Thursday, we will look forward to addressing this issue in the courtroom. In 2018, the Vatican removed McCarrick from public ministry, citing credible allegations that he sexually assaulted a, a altar boy in the 1970s in New York. At the time, McCarrick issued a statement saying, 
While I absolutely have no recollection of this reported abuse and believe in my innocence, I am sorry for the pain the person who brought the charges has gone through, as well as for the scandal such charges cause our people. The following year, Pope Francis defrocked McCarrick after a Vatican investigation found him guilty of sex crimes against minors and adults. Last November, the Vatican released a 449-page report acknowledging it had received reports of sexual misconduct by McCarrick decades earlier, but they were not publicly disclosed and had been dismissed or disregarded by popes, cardinals, and bishops as he rose to become an influential cardinal. For McCarrick, today's reckoning is long overdue, said Anne Barrett-Doyle, co-director of bishopcountability.org, an online archive of the clergy's sexual abuse scandal. Doyle called the criminal charges a milestone in the prosecution of abusive bishops and said that they should serve as a wake-up call to legislators nationwide about the need to reform statutes of limitations for child sex crimes. And here are some headlines from Church Militant. Unity over truth. Papal Nuncio wants unity, not division, on Eucharist discussion. Priest gives Biden communion. Monsignor John Hopkins breaks canon law and commits sacrilege. Bishops invoke laity. Cardinal Tobin wants Catholics involved in the Holy Communion debate. In other news, four killed as wildfires sweep Turkey and villages evacuated. Catholic Church burns just two days after priest attacked. 20 Olympians pulled after positive COVID tests despite high vaccination rates and mandatory va- masking. Nanjing outbreak speak spreads to 27 Chinese cities. Association of American Physicians and Surgeons dismantles push to mandate COVID vaccines for all. Israel to provide third COVID-19 vaccine dose to older citizens. And House passes spending bills without restrictions on abortion funding. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Friday, July 30th. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Peter Chrysologus. He was born in 406 at Imola, Italy. He was an adult convert to Christianity and became a deacon and then a priest and then a bishop of Ravenna, Italy in 433. He fought paganism in the Monophysite heresy and enforced reforms and built several churches and ornate altars in his see. He was a preacher with such language skills that he was given the name Chrysologus, referring to his golden word. In 176, 176 of his sermons have survived. It is the strength of these beautiful explanations of the Incarnation, the Creed, the place of Mary and John the Baptist and the great plan of salvation, and many more that led him to his being proclaimed a doctor of the church in 1729 by Pope Benedict XIII. He died on the 2nd of December, 450 at Imola, Italy. St. Peter Chrysologus Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 58. Jesus came to his native place and taught the people in their synagogue. They were astonished and said, Where did this man get such wisdom and mighty deeds? Is he not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother named Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Are not his sisters all with us? Where did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and in his own house. 
and he did not work many mighty deeds there because of their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Where was their faith? Where was their faith? St. Jerome said this, Wonderful folly of the Nazarenes. They wonder whence wisdom itself has wisdom, whence power has mighty works. But the source of their error is at hand because they regard him as the son of a carpenter. St. Jerome would go on to say, not that because they did not believe he could not do his mighty works, but that he might not, by doing them, be condemning his fellow citizens in their unbelief. You see, their lack of faith had, a, had an amazing, uh, let's say, consequence in their life. As God is the second person of the Trinity, he, there's nothing he's not capable of. But the reality is they lacked faith. And so they had very little, and so they got very little. St. Chrysostom would say, why then did he even the, do these very few miracles that they should not say we should have believed had any miracles been done? So he did some, but not much because, again, of their lack of faith. The son of the carpenter was very interesting reference, actually. As the Navarre commentary points out, this is the only reference to Joseph's occupation. This one right here in Matthew's Gospel. Elsewhere, it is more a reference to Jesus than it is to Joseph. So it's fascinating. Now, Haydock points out that in all translations, carpenter is used, but the, uh, the original language uh, signifies more of a craftsman than a carpenter. The Latin is also a general word, which is of itself signifies no more of a carpenter than a smith. Here's what St. Justin the Martyr said. He was known as the son of Joseph the carpenter, and as carpenter himself, while he lived among men, he worked as a carpenter, making plows and yokes, symbols of salvation, and giving us good example of a life worked, unquote. But what about those brethren referenced here? Is this proof that uh, Jesus uh, had brothers and sisters? Well, not according to St. Jerome and St. Chrysostom and others. They said, St. Jerome says this, Those who are here called the Lord's brethren are the sons of Mary, his mother's sister. She is the mother of this James and Joseph. That is to say, Mary, the wife of Cleophas. And this is the Mary who was called the mother of James the Less. But here's the real point. Observe Christ's mercifulness. He does not return evil for evil, but speaks with mildness, according to St. Chrysostom. We'll be right back. We're going to dive into the violence in South Africa. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Times. Edit your way. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, 
we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to Jesus. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Christopher Ferrara from Saint uh, from the Thomas More Society rather is going to be on to talk about the legality of mandated vaccinations, vaccine passports, more lockdowns on the horizon, door-to-door knocking, uh, asking about your vaccination status. Is that legal? We're going to have that conversation with Christopher Ferrara from Thomas More Society. Joining us right now via uh, Zoom chat is uh, Bernard Tuffin, Mr. Bernard Tuffin from the Family Action South Africa to talk about the violence in South Africa. It's kind of been underreported, in my opinion, in the West. So to get the details uh, from uh, the boots on the ground, we've invited Mr. Tuffin. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for being on the show. Good morning, Joe. Great pleasure to be here. Uh, praise be to God in all I mean, things. But can you tell us what is the story be, uh, over this uh, violent uprising going on in your country, sir? Certainly. Joe, as with all these kind of activities, uprisings and rioting, as you had in your own country last year, there's a tremendous measure of confusion and chaos that surrounds the essence of what the problem is, the, or, the, the, the origins and Obviously, a lot of a lot of narratives are put out. Um, some of them with some foundation, others not. Um, this whole uh, chaotic situation has come to a close. It came to a close pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, we can't say that was due to any intervention of the uh, the uh, forces of law and order, as in a very miraculous way, a lot of the situation was diffused by the coming to the fore of um, a lot of a lot of ordinary citizens and communities and and people that were concerned at the lack of intervention by the security forces uh, who, 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 who came to the party late or didn't arrive or whatever, many, many communities defended their towns, their businesses, and in a way gave a sign of hope for the future of our country and the forging of a sort of common South Africanism which doesn't really exist in our land where races and people from different backgrounds stood side by side. But um, that besides the point, I have a little interesting story to relate later about a particular town that had made a consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which was entirely saved from the plundering and looting, which which savaged, I would say, the majority of many towns across KwaZulu-Natal, which is one of the big provinces of our country. The looting was basically, the looting, pillaging, and the uprising was really confined to just two provinces, mainly Gauteng, parts of Gauteng, and uh, uh, in large part uh, KZN, KwaZulu-Natal, which uh, bore the brunt of the violence. The government tried to uh, pin the blame on some sort of insurrection, um, a coup in the making, etc., etc. And uh, while, of course, it's difficult always to completely negate a lot of the um, theories put forward for these things, 
most commentators with any real political acumen and sense would say that that was a bit of an exaggeration and an attempt to try and deflect blame from the catastrophic situation, socioeconomic situation in the country. So we have, the, of course, the jailing of the ex-president Zuma, which was not, as many people believe, on for grounds of the corruption and, uh, and years of pillaging for which he was responsible in the years in office in this country. But the, he was jailed for 15 months by the Constitutional Court purely on the grounds of not of refusing to testify before the Zondo Commission of Inquiry into State Capture, which was busy looking at the whole issue. So that, that, um, there are many elements within the governing, within the country, within the governing party who hanker after the, ex the regime of Zuma, who was in power from 2007, which corresponded also to the complete collapse in our country economically, socially, economically from 2007 to roughly 2017. Um, but he refused to testify and consequently he was jailed. So the jailing of him um, provided the spark, we can say, for, uh, for communities, impoverished, poverty-stricken, desperate communities, really. One can never um, justify, obviously, looting and pillaging and plundering, which was taken to drastic levels on this, uh, on this occasion. But... Um, it, it was in no means could be said to be uh, uh, entirely um, an, an, an insurrection. Elements, obviously, of that were associated with the ex-president are believed to have been provocative in trying to upset the country or to to create chaos. And so, obviously, his jailing then provided the spark for these uh, for these uh, riots and uh, uprisings to take place. Mm. So, essentially. There was a massive, a massive movement of people in areas close to malls and these towns in KwaZulu Natal, who simply took advantage, I would say, instigated, instigated clearly by elements of the uh, order of the old order associated with the pillage, with the, um, with the uh, patronage and um, and um, their hands in the coffers, so to speak, that were associated with the old regime of, of Zuma. Uh, instigated and uh, and uh, chaos broke loose for for for, for about a um, about a week. Mm. But um, the really one needs to look at the underlying causes, and it's a case of complete dysfunctional state, which we have unfortunately has come to pass over the last the last ten years, which corresponded with the government of pre ex President Zuma, who. Um, was in hands, hand, 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 was, uh, as some said, the, the, the looter in chief. Oh, wow. <laughs> the looter in chief. Um, so he gave a good, uh, a good um, example to the citizens to take, uh, to follow his example. But uh, the country really was in a, went into a desperate state in the years of uh, the, 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 the um, ex-president uh, Zuma on every single level. Unemployment, for example, is at the same, uh, well, at the employment, the number of people employed in our country is at the same level in 2007 as it is now, hmm. which is catastrophic. And that was on top of a situation where growth was exponential and fantastic from 1994 to 2007. So suddenly you had, we have a, a absolute hopelessness and um, a, a degradation, social, social chaos, lack of education, um, 
unemployment and the hopelessness in ever finding employment. So you have all these communities sitting there waiting really for a spark. And the spark unfortunately came with, uh, with the jailing of, of uh, the president, ex-president, and they went wild. So there were a, were a, a massive looting of, 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 of the very amenities which are there for, to support people. Yeah. And in many of the towns um, across, the, across, across that province particularly, malls were looted, businesses were destroyed. The, um, the figures actually are catastrophic. They talk about approximately 50 billion Rand's damage uh, to the economy um, in terms of GDP loss, of uh, unemployment, of, um, of uh, people losing jobs and not hoping to get them again, businesses plundered, some 3,000 businesses were burnt to the ground, and uh, some 200 malls either completely burnt out or, uh, or, or damaged. Wow. So that was a sort of situation, uh, Joe, um, um, really, really quite desperate, and uh, on top of a really deteriorated situation in the country, um, a country battling, battling with uh, with uh, lacking infrastructure and structural deficiencies could least afford or need at this time. Mm. Bernard Tuffin is our guest. Family Action South Africa is the the organization, otherwise uh, known in the United States as uh, Tradition Family and Property or TFP. Um, we're grateful. We have about five minutes left in our conversation with uh, Mr. Tuffin. Uh, tell me about the racial tensions that have been a, a problem that have plagued South Africa. How, where is that uh, today, especially in light of this uh, violence? Um, sorry, just to correct there, uh, there, Joe. We're not actually we're not actually TFP per se in South Africa. We do have uh, very good rea- uh, relations with uh, with uh, like-minded groups and organisations around the world. But we're our own autonomous organisation, and in that sense, we do enjoy um, good relations with the with the TFP in the United States. Oh, very good, and, very uh, good, and other companies. Yeah. Um, the whole thing of racial tension in South Africa, Joe, is, I, in my opinion, and in many people's opinion, is overplayed and, 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 and uh, shown uh, by those who seek to create chaos and destruction in our land in a much more, um, in an erroneous light, in a much more radical light than it actually is. Mm. On the ground, in our country, race relations are actually very, very good. Oh, good. Praise um, be to God. Yeah. We don't have, you know, of course, there's there's tensions that that uh, that are left over from from the old order, and justifiably so, and uh, the uh, apartheid uh, government. But uh, as as a rule, this country is probably one of the most multicultural, multiracial countries in the world, in terms of the daily interaction with people of all colours, black people, what we call coloured people in this country. Uh, Indian uh, uh, race-backed um, Indian people, one encounters and interacts all the time, every day, in every sphere of life, when you're shopping, in a business, in a, filling up in a fuel station, with interacted with all these races. And uh, the majority of people in our country are really just interested in a good job and a decent life and and um, regardless of, of, the, the, of, 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 of the race situation, which of course is used by socialists and Marxists in their race um, baiting and, um, and uh, attempts to create a class struggle, are, on, are constantly pushed to the fore in order to create this sort of um, narrative that, there's a, that there is no common, 
common ground and that we are naturally all antagonistic to one another, which is which is false. And it's just not the Catholic message and not the Christian message. And one is constantly working against that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, about a minute left, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Tuffin. Tell us about Family Action South Africa. Uh, what is your mission and, uh, and uh, where can people find information? you got about a minute and a half. Yeah, Family Action South Africa, Joe, thank you very much. Was uh, we, we founded it as a family apostolate a few years ago to defend the family institution, especially uh, against all the tremendous moral uh, assault that is taking place in our society. The family institution, as you well know, probably you propagate yourself on the station there, is the martyr cellular societatis, the mother cell of society, and is targeted for complete you know, destruction in our, in our world which facilitates the disruption of all other, uh, everything else in our society and advances the socialist agenda. So our, our core work um, within the family action is an organization or a, a subcommittee called South Africa Needs Our Lady. Amen. I like that. And it's to propagate the Fatima message in all its, uh, in all its ramifications. And so we've actually been doing a, a, quite a big job in moving around the country doing that um, fighting abortion, fighting uh, the uh, the various acts and legislation that's constantly coming before our country, furthering the d- the destruction of the family, the erosion of property rights, and uh, yeah, that's in a nutshell um, the, the general work that uh, that we have been uh, propagating. Praise be to God. Well, we're grateful well, for your time. And a half up. Yeah, you did you did pretty <laughs> well. What's your website? Do you have a website? Yeah, the website is, we've got actually two websites. The one is familyactionsouthafrica.co.za. Okay. All, all, spe- all in f- fully spelled out, familyactionsouthafrica.co.za. And the other one is South Africa Needs Our Lady, southafricaneedsourlady.co.za. All right. Praise be to God. South Africa Needs Our Lady. I like the sound of that. Uh, the whole world needs yeah. our lady. Amen. Bernard Tuffin, Thank Family you. Action South Africa. Amen. Thank you for your time. God love you, and have a great day. Thanks. We'll be right back. Breaking news and stories coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, all religions believe basically the same thing. They only differ in their external forms, in the way they express it. G.K. Chesterton says the truth is precisely the other way around. The religions of the world do not differ greatly in rites and forms. They do differ greatly in what they teach. In most every religion, people pray, they sing, they read sacred texts, they honor their traditions, they have special feasts, they light candles and so on. But they don't teach the same things. They don't believe the same things. There's only one religion that believes that Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered and died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. Only one religion believes in one holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Here's an article from LifeSite. 
National Right to Life Committee says Supreme Court need not overturn Roe in Mississippi case. The National Right to Life Committee raised eyebrows across the pro-life community this week with the amicus brief it submitted to the U.S. Supreme Court on its upcoming review of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, which preemptively endorses a hypothetical ruling that does not overturn Roe v. Wade. The court announced in May that it would be hearing Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, which concerns Mississippi's HB 1510 law banning abortions from being committed past 15 weeks for any reason other than physical medical emergencies or severe fetal abnormalities. After its enactment in 2019, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals deemed it unconstitutional because of an unbroken line dating to Roe v. Wade. The 1973 ruling, which imposed on all 50 states a right to pre-viability abortion. Various pro-life public officials, scholars and activists have filed amicus briefs urging the Supreme Court to directly overturn Roe and the 1992's Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which opened the door to some abortion regulations while reaffirming the right to abortion itself including briefs by the Attorney Generals of Mississippi and Missouri, a brief by Senators Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and Mike Lee, a separate brief by 228 other congressional Republicans, and a brief by 11 Republican governors. Most of those briefs make clear uncompromising arguments calling for a complete reversal of the current abortion jurisprudence and a full restoration of American rights to vote directly on abortion policy. However, the brief filed Tuesday by National Right to Life Committee and Louisiana Right to Life takes a strikingly different approach. Instead of asking the court to finally overturn erroneous abortion precedent or even to directly affirm the constitutionality of HB 1510, the brief only calls on the court to establish a new roadmap that might eventually lead to Roe's undoing at some hypothetical, indeterminate future point but in the present would merely remand the Mississippi law to the lower court for reconsideration. Despite the most prominent national pro-life lobbying organization, National Right to Life Committee has been involved in numerous inter-movement disputes over the years. BOP and National Right to Life Committee tend to oppose direct state-level abortion bans, advocating that pro-lifers must wait for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe before mounting a direct attack on legal abortion. National Right to Life Committee and its affiliates also tend to insist on rape exceptions in pro-life legislation. In another article from the Epic Times, dozens of U.S. beaches shut down in July due to high levels of toxic bacteria. Dozens of beaches across the U.S. were forced to close this month following reports of an increase in toxic bacteria contaminating the water. An advisory against bathing at beaches in states nationwide include California, New York, New Jersey, Ohio, Massachusetts, and Washington State, was issued by health officials this month after they determined that swimming is potentially unsafe due to high levels of bacteria. In some cases, like with the recent closures in New York's Nassau County, when 17 bishops were sh- beaches were shut down, the contamination was reported after heavy rainfall caused runoff stormwater to impact the quality of bathing water, elevating bacteria levels. Other components that regularly contribute to the pollution of coastal environments come from ships and boats, trash, sunscreen, and harmful algal, algal blooms. It is extremely rare for beachgoers to get infected by the flesh-eating kind of toxic bacteria, which more than often affects people with certain underlying health conditions. 
And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Friday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat, all the way from uh, the Eternal City, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Special Counsel to St. Thomas More Society, Christopher Ferrara. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Actually, it's uh, Lake Garda in the northern part of Italy, nice. near the foothills of the Alps. Wow, that's even more beautiful. Praise be to Jesus. Um All right, so you probably are very well aware that the Justice Department on Monday said federal law doesn't prohibit mandating COVID vaccines. And now uh, President Biden is signaling that uh, maybe federal agencies are going to begin to mandate vaccinations, um, if not require non-vaccinated employees to get very frequent testing, maybe even weekly. Uh, There's also the story of door-to-door knocking, asking people about their COVID uh, vaccination status. Uh, And and mask mandates are on the rise. Lockdown conversations are coming back. The question becomes uh, legality here. How legal is all of this? What say you, Christopher Farrar? Well, first of all, as far as the Department of Justice's opinion in the matter is concerned, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that we've entered into a situation in which absolutely nothing coming out of the mouths of any government official is worthy of belief. Hmm. Consider the context. We have in the Capitol building a situation in which at one side of the building where the Senate resides, no masks are required. Then you cross with the Congressmen are calling the demilitarized zone into the House side of the Capitol building where masks are mandated. Does this have anything to do with science? Obviously not. It should have been obvious from the beginning that neither the masking requirements nor these vaccinations have anything to do with science. It's all about control. And so as far as the legality of mandated vaccines is concerned, I suppose they're going to point to the Jacobson decision at the turn of the century in which the Supreme Court held it to be constitutionally permissible to mandate smallpox vaccination in Boston during a smallpox outbreak when smallpox uh, smallpox has a fatality rate of some 30%. And there the penalty was a one-time payment of a fine. Well, the Supreme Court has made it clear in a line of cases, including some of which I've been involved, that the Jacobson deference supposedly required no longer is required. That's an outmoded decision. Now you have tiers of constitutional analysis such that where a mandatory vaccination directive would infringe a fundamental right, such as free exercise or bodily autonomy or freedom of movement, it would be subjected to much higher strict, uh, much higher, even strict, scrutiny than would be suggested by Jacobson deference. So the state would have to make a case under the strict scrutiny standard that the mandate serves a compelling state interest and is narrowly tailored to serve that interest. Well, even assuming there's a compelling state interest in administering a vaccine, which is obviously proving to be less effective than advertised, now are tailoring the other requirement would mean that people should be allowed to wear masks and equally useless, nevertheless satisfactory to public authorities, uh, alternative to vaccination, or work remotely and also be given religious accommodations to the mandate, uh, assuming that other measures can be taken to halt the spread of the virus. So it's not so simple as saying 
oh, the mandate is perfectly legal. Depends on the circumstances and the rights being infringed. Hmm. Christopher Farrar is our guest. He is special counsel of Thomas More Society. Do you see uh, a scenario in which uh, there will be uh, suits being filed? And and is it possible that a case might go all the way to the Supreme Court? Supreme Court might rule on this? Uh, cases are now being initiated in lower courts. I'm involved in one myself. Uh, it involves a technical college whose president, and I'm not kidding here, actually thinks that he can implement a policy in which a student has to obtain a letter from his spiritual leader <laughs> documenting his religious beliefs, and then the president decides whether the letter is sufficient proof of doctrinal bases for objections to vaccination. So we have college presidents sitting as theological assessors. It's completely contrary to the most fundamental principles of religious discrimination law. Supreme Court has made it clear, and these cases will test the proposition, that anyone's sincerely held religious belief is entitled to protection. And in the case of a college or an, an employment context, a religious accommodation. Now, where colleges are concerned, if it's a private college, the, the problem is it's not a state entity. So it's not subject to the First Amendment nor because there's no employer-employee relationship is it subject to Title VII. But having said that, in many states, there are human rights laws that cover all kinds of public accommodations, including colleges. So in the case I just mentioned, we're preparing to file a suit, if necessary, against this college and its president, who think that they can actually sit as theological tribunals and weigh documents and pit one Catholic pronouncement by one bishop against another Catholic pronouncement by another bishop about a heavily controverted matter in the church, whether these vaccines derive from abortion or morally permissible. That just isn't allowed under any principle of anti-discrimination law. Uh, if, if the belief is sincerely held, it's entitled to protection. Then the college would have to show that it can't grant an accommodation without an undue burden on itself, which isn't present hmm. in these cases. Another interesting point, the policy of mandating vaccinations in the college context is absolutely nonsensical at this point. Because if most of the students are vaccinated voluntarily, they're supposed to be protected from the unvaccinated. Hold that thought. I'm sorry, Mr. Farrar, but I have to pause you there. We have a break. We're up against a hard break here. We're going to go and be, come right back in just a minute or two with uh, Christopher Ferrara, special counsel of Thomas More Society. We'll pick up right where we left off about protecting the unvaccinated. That's an interesting story. All that coming up next, plus segregation within the church. Going to address that as well. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Draft Time headed your way. Does hope give light to your day? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At the end of the long list of good works in his rule, St. Benedict finally gives the most important one. Never lose hope in God's mercy. Hope means that we bring the future, where Jesus already reigns as risen Lord and Savior, into the trials, fears, and discouragements of everyday life. 
Hope allows us to give a gentle reply to an angry outburst, to remain calm in the face of disappointments, to continue doing what we know we are supposed to do, even when the outcome seems fruitless. Hope allows us to turn over the results of our efforts to God, who will bring them to the completion He wills. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com There are many places where the light of Jesus' resurrection does not shine. There is no place where it cannot shine in hope. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Christopher Ferrara is our guest. He is special counsel to Thomas More Society. We're talking about the legality of uh, mandating vaccines and more. Uh, welcome back to the program, Mr. Ferrara. Uh, right before the break, we were going into, uh, we we're talking about the schools mandating this, and you were talking about uh, bringing up the issue of the vaccinated uh, to protect the unvaccinated. What's with that? Well, as I said before the break, the, the policy is nonsensical. If the vaccine is effective, then those who are vaccinated are protected from the unvaccinated. So the only risk, if there is one, would be on the unvaccinated. Now, if the unvaccinated people wish to assume the risk of contracting the virus, that would be their choice. And they could wear a mask in any event, assuming that's effective, and protect the vaccinated who really don't need protection. It's absolute nonsense. Now we're finding out that according to the CDC, even the vaccinated can contract the virus. Mm. We're even being told they have the same viral load in their nasopharynx region as the unvaccinated. So the vaccination apparently is utterly pointless, which means that the vaccination mandate at a college or a place of employment is also pointless. What's the use of the vaccines if both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated have to wear masks yeah. in indoor spaces? The whole thing is absurd, and now we should we should be well aware that this is being driven entirely by politics. Mm. Mr. Ferrara, um, I was wondering, I have a lot of friends uh, going off to college and a number of them at Catholic universities, and they are saying uh, various things. Some are requiring it, some are not. Some are, And they are saying that for Catholics, it's hard for them to be able to say, no, we can't take the vaccine because they're like, we're a Catholic university. We've talked with our bishop. We've talked with the religious communities that live here, and they've all been vaccinated, so there's no moral objection against it. Uh, so what can a Catholic going to Catholic university do? The Supreme Court has made it clear that the protection owed to a sincerely held religious belief does not require that the belief be endorsed by a particular denomination in fact, your personally held religious belief can actually be contrary to the denomination of which you're a member. And that means that employers and colleges are not entitled, whether they're Catholic or not, to conduct theological inquisitions <laughs> into sincerely held religious beliefs. If the belief is religious and it's sincerely held, it's entitled to protection. Now, within the Catholic Church, 
The statement of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in December of 2020 makes it clear that while it is arguable that using these abortion-derived vaccines is morally permissible for a grave reason, it is also the case, says the CDC, only last December, that you have the right and conscience to refuse to receive those vaccines if you're a Catholic, if you're a non-Catholic, if you're Jewish, if you're an atheist. So the teaching of the church, the Catholic church, the Catholic teaching recognizes this right in conscience. So any student at a Catholic university faced with the objection that the local bishop says the vaccines are A-OK need only reply that the CDC, which is Catholic teaching, uh, the CDF, I should say, which is Catholic teaching, recognizes the right in conscience to refuse these abortion-derived vaccines. And that's all that's required. You don't need a letter from your priest. You don't need a, a bishop to endorse your position. You don't need to point to a particular paragraph of the catechism. You just need to say, this is related to abortion. I can't have any part in it. That's my sincerely held religious belief. And you're entitled to protection. Uh, people will respond to that by saying, oh, well, that's that may be true, but it, clearly the Holy Father doesn't think so because he is uh, mandating vaccines in the Vatican. Well, that that's very interesting. It's uh, uh, fine that the Holy Father thinks that he should mandate vaccines in Vatican City. But again, the Supreme Court has made it clear that you are not bound in your sincerely held religious belief to the teaching of a particular denomination. There's plenty of room for differences of opinion within the church, but somehow when it comes to vaccination, one is not allowed a difference of opinion, even though the CDF itself Mm. says, no matter what Francis thinks, that you have the right in conscience to refuse these vaccines because of their connection to abortion. And that right in conscience is based on a religious teaching. It's not just some general objection that rubs you the wrong way. It's an explicitly supported religious teaching rooted in the right of conscience. Christopher Ferrar is our guest, special counsel, Thomas More Society. Uh, one of the things that really gets me is the HIPAA laws. Uh, they're knocking on doors. They're asking uh, people to get vaccinated. The pressure is mounting. Uh, the mayor in New York City uh, just the other day said, you know, this voluntary phase is over. It's time for us to mandate. It's to require that um, we have uh, colleges, as we've been talking about, businesses uh, that are out there saying you you have to be vaccinated in order to uh, to shop or to do business with them. Uh, how do they have a legal standing to force me? I mean, I, I can't. I got to go to the ER. I have to sign HIPAA documents. My my private medical information should remain private. How can any of these organizations, institutions, federal agencies overcome the HIPAA laws? Well, the federal government can't universally mandate vaccines uh, as to the general population, as I indicated earlier in our conversation. The idea of so-called Jacobson deference that case from 1905 during a smallpox outbreak no longer applies. If you have religious objections or if some other constitutional right is infringed, uh, such as freedom of movement, uh, then that right is entitled to protection and probably would be subjected to strict scrutiny by the courts if a government agency is doing it. And again, strict scrutiny means you have to have a compelling interest and you have to have a very narrowly tailored mandate that leaves room for religious exemptions. That's where the government is concerned. Now, what about private enterprise? Well, if an employer says you have to have a vaccination 
to keep your job, then you have to be the member of a protected class under discrimination law as to private employers. And those protected classes include religion. So you make your religious objection, you lay out the reasons why you can't be associated with abortion-derived vaccines. You will not have them injected into your body. And then the employer has to make a reasonable accommodation. Now, bear in mind what we just discussed. We're now being told the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting infected. Yeah. And so even the vaccinated have to wear masks. So the whole idea that the employer can't accommodate you when everybody's wearing masks anyway is absurd. So where private employers are concerned, you have protection if you have a religious conviction that militates against using these vaccines. Now, there's a third element of this. What happens when the government tries to use private entities as a kind of cat's paw to carry out the government's will? Then you have a situation in which civil rights could be violated indirectly by the state using a private entity to enforce its will. In those cases, you can plead, although it's rather difficult to prove, a conspiracy between a government entity and a private entity, such as we see emerging in evidence of collusion between Facebook and other tech giants and the government in terms of censorship of anything uh, in the social media platforms that contradicts the official government narrative. So you can definitely make a case for that, but you'd need to prove it. That would probably require some evidence of communication between the government and the private entity, maybe by email, private meetings that you could document. You can't just generally allege it. You'd have to have evidence of an actual conspiracy between a government actor and a private actor. And I think that evidence is emerging everywhere. Wow. We have about uh, three minutes left in our conversation with you, Mr. Farrar. Uh, I want to talk and switch a little bit to segregating. Uh, especially within the church. We've seen stories over the past uh, several months of various parishes and uh, segregating the population based on vaccine status. Uh, for instance, there was, I think it was, uh, was it out of New Jersey? There was a priest there that uh, wouldn't allow uh unvaccinated in his confessional until his bishop got involved in the public outcry. Well, now the the Pope is planning a trip to Slovakia coming up, I think in September. They've already announced only vaccinated uh, Catholics will be allowed at the Holy Mass there. Do you see uh, a, a growing segregation among the people of the world, especially within the church in regards to vaccination? Well, I think it's a sign of what is nothing less than collective madness descending upon an entire civilization. We're seeing these ridiculous demands that everyone be vaccinated, followed by claims that the vaccines really don't protect you from the unvaccinated, so everybody has to wear a mask. None of it makes any sense. This is all now completely irrational. We are far beyond the realm of science at this point. This is a political struggle. It's a sociological struggle. It's a battle now between two different worldviews, the view of personal liberty and religious freedom on the one hand, and the collectivist view, which unfortunately has penetrated the church on the other hand. And so we have the bishops of France, for example, supporting universal vaccine passports in France and throughout the EU. Bishops are lending themselves to the tyrannical overreach of the state. And all you can do in terms of that is find another parish, go somewhere else, where you don't have a screwball trying to impose apartheid on his own flock based on a vaccine 
that apparently doesn't offer much protection. And That's was how tainted ridiculous with, with abortions. And was tainted with abortions. Exactly. Very difficult uh, days uh, ahead, I would imagine. Uh, well, we're, we're just down to about a minute from now. So uh, I guess the answer for us all is hold fast to that religious exemption and be prepared to, uh, to defend that, even, I guess, in court, wouldn't you say? Well, the Thomas More Society is taking up these cases right now, and there are going to be many more of them, I'm sure. And remember, though, that if you have a sincerely held religious conviction, it is not necessary for you to get a letter from a priest or a bishop or provide documentation. Your belief, if it is sincere and it is religiously held as a conviction, is entitled to protection. All right. Thank you very much, Christopher, for our special counsel, Thomas More Society. We're very grateful for your time today. Enjoy your time in the beautiful northern Italian Alps. Thank you. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for the first hour of our show. We're very excited about those conversations. We'll be posting them later today on our social feeds. Uh, make sure to check them out. But if you can join us in the next hour, prizes are at stake. You might win the leather pack from Oremus. All you have to do is be our caller. We'll tell you all about that in the next hour. If you can join us, find us online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous and that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous, are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from the psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. 
This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. You have survived it. You've made it. It's Friday. The weekend is upon you. Uh, praise be to God. Hopefully you're going to have a, a great time this week. Peaceful, fun, family-centered. I don't know what's on your agenda this weekend, but prayerfully it'll be good. We'll be praying for all of your intentions here in a moment. Uh, great news. Uh, breaking news came out late yesterday. Ex-Cardinal Mr. McCarrick to appear in criminal court for sexually assaulting a teenage boy. Praise be to God. It's a, it's kind of like, a, golly gee whiz, about time, but uh, glad to see it nonetheless. Praying for a great outcome there. Uh, we just wrapped up two great conversations in the last hour. One about the, the violence that erupted in South Africa. It's kind of hard to know what to believe sometimes about things that go on overseas. You just Even here in America, it's hard to t- understand who to believe and who not, but especially in South Africa. So we invited Bernard Tuffin on from Family Action South Africa to tell us he lives there. It's his community. It's, you know, uh, what is the deal? What happened? What's uh, What are the players? What are the circumstances? circumstances and it was a great conversation and we'll be posting that later today on our uh, social feeds also we just finished a conversation with christopher Ferrar from the thomas moore society attorney special counsel there to talk about the legality of some of these mandates that are coming out again we'll post both of those conversations to our social media feeds later today possibly uh, make sure you're subscribed if if you're not and uh, get on our email list as well we always send out exclusive content to CDT insiders you can find all of that linked up including our podcasts available on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt good morning to you Janelle good morning Mr. Joe praise be to God uh, all good news this hour all good news this hour and speaking of great news someone is going to win our prize from Oremus today. We'll be finding out in this hour, so stay tuned. Um, you could be winning a standard-sized Bible cover, a standard-sized breviary cover, a regular print Magnificat cover, a rosary pouch, all made with um, all handmade, 100% handmade with a beautiful chocolate brown leather with black stitching. And this is from Oremus. That's O-R-E-M-O-O-S-E. Oremus. Um, leatherwork. They're a great Catholic company. Um, they also have customization available. 
Um, and they have additional products besides the covers. They have um, rosary pouches, guitar straps, wallets, bags, purses, and crossbodies. So oh, it's and they, really great. And the guitar strap, which the I need. The guitar strap. I actually need a guitar strap, so I think I may purchase one from Oremus. And I love the play on words there. They're based out of Minnesota, so it makes sense. They see moose there all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> they yeah, see. Praise <laughs> to God. Speaking of mooses, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Amen. And I meant that in a majestic way. Aww. The moose is a majestic animal. Is it now? Yeah, praise it's be to God. It's also a very, very large animal. So that's what I was taking. <laughs> I, that's how I heard it. But you know, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, praise be to God for it. Yeah, amen. I've seen a lot of moose in my time. They're incredible animals. Praise be to God for it, too. But uh, all right. So weekend, anything interesting over the weekend coming up? Oh, yeah. Big time. So the TFP, Student Action, they are having a boys camp in Lafayette. And uh, Louisiana, that uh, they have boys from all over the U.S., mostly the South, but all over. And they have this huge uh, camp that's all week, but I'm only going to be there for the weekend. I told them I'd come and help out for the weekend, and they're going to go on a campaign to support Cuba. Wow. Um, and then uh, Mass on Sunday, and I'll be back Sunday afternoon. Praise be to God. That sounds so, like fun. Yeah, Lafayette's only like three hours from us uh, yeah. at the studio, so I'm going to take off from here. Make so. sure you stop at the best stop. In between I, here and there. It's Friday. No meat. You don't have to eat it on Friday. Save it for Saturday morning. I don't know. I don't uh, know. C- crackling and some boudin balls with the, uh, the oof, man. Every mm, time I've gone to Louisiana, I've wanted to stop and get, but I always go on a Friday. And I'm like, I just uh, save it for Saturday. Bring yeah, a cooler not, for crying out loud. Uh, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. All right. So just bring, bring, bring some back. How about that? We'll on the way back we'll on see. Sunday, but, but bring some to me. I'll, I'll eat it. For sure. Anyway, all right. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show this half hour, the game show. The last three chances to get in on the prize pack from Oremus. Uh, that'll be coming up at 15 past. You'll need to be the first caller uh, to get your opportunity to get into the drawing because we will pull a name out of the coffee cup today. That will happen uh, right before we go off the air at 30 past. So uh, your last chance is coming up shortly. So make sure you get your phone number ready to go, which you can find on the website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's coming up. Uh, plus, breaking news and stories, gospel, and the saint of the day, all coming up in this first half hour. In the last uh, section of this show, the second half hour, we do what we call an after show, all on social media, Facebook, YouTube, even on our website directly, where you can comment and hang out with us, and you drive that conversation. So whatever's on your heart, your mind, whatever question you want to ask, you're welcome to do so. It's completely open. And uh, again, you can... Watch live, comment live right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the good news with Janelle Lay. Religious sisters work to combat root causes of human trafficking. And here's another one. Man who began drinking alcohol at age 14 overcomes addiction after missing dad's funeral. And lastly, from the Catholic News Service, Catholic Army Chaplain Honored. South Korea honors Father Capone with country's highest military honor. 
Father Emile Capon, a priest of the Wichita Diocese who laid his life as a military chaplain during the Korean War, received South Korea's highest military decoration posthumously in Seoul, July 27th. Ray Capon, Father Ray's uh, father's um, nephew accepted the Order of Military Merit on behalf of his uncle, a candidate for sainthood from President Moon Jae-un. The award, South Korea's highest decoration for outstanding military service, was given to the Jesus of the Korean War, as Father Kapon is known for his dedication to peace and freedom on the battlefields of Korea. It was presented on the 71st UN Forces Participation Day. Father Capone, who has the title Servant of God, was ordained a priest for Wichita June 9, 1940. He served as a U.S. Army chaplain in World War II and the Korean War and held the rank of captain. He died in 1951 as a North Korean prisoner of war camp after heroically serving his fellow prisoners. His cause for canonization is now under consideration by the Vatican Congregation for Saints' Causes. Under the extreme situation of being wounded and taken prisoner, Father Capone showed bravery of protecting freedom, peace, and his belief, said Moon, according to a Korea Times story on the award presentation. Also, he celebrated Mass to pray for the enemy, which was a true practice of love, said Moon, who is Catholic. He added the late priest's life will become a great spiritual legacy not only for the U.S. and Korea, but also for all of humanity. In March, Father Capone's remains were identified by the U.S. Defense POW-MIA accounting agency from among nearly 800 unknown soldiers buried around 1956 in the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu. The transfer from North Korea was the result of the 1953 Korean Armistice Agreement. His remains will be flown to Kansas after a mass September 23rd in Honolulu's Cathedral Basilica of Our Lady of Peace. A vigil will be held the evening of September 28th at Hartman Arena in Park City, Kansas, just outside Wichita. A morning funeral mass will be celebrated at the arena the next day. Afterward, the priest's remains will be entombed in the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Wichita. In addition to the liturgical events, we'll be working with officials to give Father Capone all the military honors and we're receiving a lot of RSVPs from all over the country from those in the military and lay faithful who wish to pay their respects. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle. God love you. Have a good Friday and a good weekend. The saint of the day today is St. Peter Chrysologus. He was born in 406 at Imola, Italy, and was an adult convert to Christianity. He became a deacon, a priest, and then a bishop of Ravenna, Italy, in 433. He fought paganism and the monophysite heresy and enforced reforms and built several churches and ornate altars in his see. He was a preacher with such language and skills that he was given the name Chrysologus, referring to his golden word. 176 of his sermons have survived. It is the strength of these beautiful explanations of the incarnation, the creed, the place of Mary and John the Baptist, and the great plan of salvation, and many others that led to his being proclaimed a doctor of the church in 1729 by Pope Benedict XIII. He died on the 2nd of December, 450 at Imola, Italy. St. Peter Chrysologus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 58. Jesus came to his native place and taught the people in their synagogue. They were astonished and said, Where did this man get such wisdom and mighty deeds? Is he not the carpenter's son? 
Is not his mother named Mary, and his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas? Are not his sisters all with us? Where did this man get all of this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and in his own house. And he did not work many mighty deeds there because of their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Jerome said this, Jesus is despised in his own house and country, signifies in the Jewish people, and therefore he did among them few miracles that they might not be altogether without excuse. But among the Gentiles, he does daily greater miracles by his apostles, not so much in healing their bodies as in saving their souls. Adrian, what did you find? This is, this is awesome. So I'm going to comment on his commentary. I'm just going to read a section and then I'm going to comment on that. So it's a comment on a comment. Great stuff. So here, Saint, uh, or not Saint, I always, I always canonize him. I need to stop doing that. Uh, but Cornelius Lapide says, because two, uh, in referring to, he's talking about specifically, why is it that the prophet is not welcome in his own home? Why is that? And Cornelius Lapide says, because too great familiarity breeds contempt, as Saint Chrysostom says, and Theophilacat says, we are wont to despise those things uh, which are very common always paying greater regard to foreign and unaccustomed things. We admire what comes from abroad. We despise what we have at home, even when what we have at home is better. Thus, we turn up our nose at our own physicians, however learned they may be. And we purchase herbs and flowers brought from India when we have the very same or better in our own woods. Of a truth, novelty is charming. Now, this is incredibly apropos for like Americans. Uh, we as Americans are always talking about other cultures. We like we love to watch uh, Japanese TV. We like to um, eat foreign foods, and we like to do like everything things that are common to us. We kind of are like eh. It's not that interesting. Eh, it's not that cool. And, but we are very interested and intrigued by things that happen in other places. And it's very common. We look at like, uh, spirituality. Now, why is it that Eastern spirituality is so popular in America? Well, because it's foreign. So it's something different. It seems something ethereal. And it's actually why, uh, going to the traditional Latin mass, there is something unique and special about the Latin because you don't understand what's going on. There's something that's d distinct. It's a, you're not, not familiar, something unfamiliar to you and something special in that way. And so Chrysostom and uh, Cornelius Lapide here are saying that that is one of the reasons uh, which we uh, a prophet is not welcome in his own home. He goes on to talk about the fact that uh, Joe just commented on this as well, that he works greater miracles among the Gentiles than among the among his brothers and sisters here in the uh, in his hometown. Why? Because according to Cornelius Lapide, if he had shown the miracles to them, they'd be guilty of a greater sin. Because one who he said here's a quote that he might not condemn their unbelief by working many miracles. For he who beholds many miracles and does not believe sins more gravely than he who has have beheld but few and will be. So that's very important because when, that's maybe why we don't receive miracles today because of our lack of belief. Because if we are shown the miracles and we still do not believe, we sin even greater and our, and our punishment in hell will be greater.
All right, praise be to God. It is time to play Fear and Trembling, that opportunity, that game show where you might learn something and you might win something, and your last chance to win something is right now. Your last three chances. All you need to do is be our first caller at 877-757-9424. Three opportunities to get into the drawing, and we pull the winner today. It happens in just a few minutes. Again, that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Fear and trembling is coming up next. We can't wait. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anybody what I'm about to tell you. So let's just keep this between us, okay? But there are a few things we like to do during the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. Praise be to God. And so you're probably going to learn something you you didn't know before. 
that's that's a good thing. Number two, we like to have fun, a laugh or two with our contestants, and our contestants tend to be a really good time. Very good sports. They laugh with us, and we love that part. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it an automatic winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. So, But if you're just getting, if this is new to you and you're just joining us and you're like, what in the world? We have three trivia questions, all Catholic trivia questions. But here's the kicker. We don't ask our caller these questions, so the caller does not need to know the answers in order to still win the game, which makes it even more fun. Instead, I will ask Janelle and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And today is the day we pull out the winner. Janelle, what will they win? Aramus is offering, um, they're offering a Bible cover, a Magnificat cover, and a briefery cover, and a rosary pouch. Aramus is, um, all of this is 100% handmade with real leather, beautiful chocolate brown with black stitching to give your religious goods a beautiful and elegant look. And thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Aramus. That's O-R-E-M-O-O-S-E. Oremus, as in the big moose. Uh, praise be to God. All right. Thank you, Oremus. Let's go to the phones. There was a lot of callers. Praise be to God. Thank you all for calling. If you don't get in today, call on Monday. New prize pack, new opportunity. Call back on Monday. But uh, let's go to Camilla. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for being on. Hello. Hello, Camilla. Where are you calling Hello. from? Um, Houston. Houston, Texas. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, where do you go to church? Um, there's a lot of churches I go to, but the one we're sticking on to right now is St. Stephen. Wow. Church. Very cool. Now, you, you sound like uh, you are ahead of your years, but how old are you, Camelia? I'm nine. Nine. Wow. Praise be to God. We're That's very excited. That's more than eight. That's definitely more than eight. Well, you sound more advanced than that. So uh, God is so very good, Camelia. We're very excited. Do you know how the game is played? Do you understand the rules? Yes, I've been listening with my dad. Oh, wonderful. Uh, do you have an opinion on who might be trickier, uh, Janelle or Adrian? Who do you think is going to try to fool you the most? Um, I think Adrian. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> the lack of trust. Uh, all right. Well, let's see how that goes then, Camelia. Are you ready to play the game? Yes. All right. Let's do this. Janelle, can you tell me what famous, I guess that's... I think that's French. French sorry. Catholic <laughs> physicist founded the science of electrodynamics. Electrodynamics? Yeah, a science question. Finally! Oh, okay. That, the famous French Catholic physicist who founded the science of electrodynamics mm -hmm. would be none other than yeah. Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron? Yes. <laughs> could be. Incredible. It could be. Let's Great just scientist of his time. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me? What famous French Catholic physicist founded the science of electrodynamics? Electrodynamics. That's, is that related to the musculator? Uh, I don't know. Okay. It could be. Uh, is that the one that Bruce Lee used to use all the time? Uh, maybe. Maybe. It's the, uh, that would be André-Marie Ampere or Andrew Ampere in English. Andrew Ampere. André-Maria. You got to love that, huh? Mm. Okay. So here's the deal, Camilla. Uh, 
Adrian is on the hook for Andrea Maria Ampere. And Janelle is on the hook for Jimmy Neutron. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Honestly, I think Jimmy Neutron sounds like a weather reporter, so I'm not going with that, but I think I'm going with Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Very good. Very good. I need my... Jimmy Neutron uh, was a cartoon character from when I was a kid. Mm, He's actually a cartoon character. He's not not a real person. That was such a great answer. And he's probably not Catholic either. Oh, wow. Uh, Or French. You're, you're very articulate, Camilla. Praise be to God. Yes. Ahead of the time. You know, that's what I love about uh, this, using questions like this. We find out that, that uh, a lot of great scientific discoveries were made by Catholics. And uh, what a great way to celebrate that. So, uh, well done. You are, in fact, correct. Andrew Ampere, or Andrea Maria Ampere, is uh, is the, the man who founded Electrodynamics. Well done. You are in the coffee cup of, of uh, Divine Providence. Camilla, let's try to double your chances today. Let's go to question number two. We'll go to Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. Outside the sacrament of penance, how else may sins be forgiven? Outside of the sacrament of penance, how else can sins be forgiven? No, there's no possible way to get forgiven. You go to hell if you don't be able to, you're not able to go to penance. Ooh, wow. Harsh. Yep. Oof. I don't make the rules. Ooh. Rigid. I know it. Mm. Ah. Mm. Okay, let's see. Let's get a second opinion on this. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me, outside of the sacrament of penance, how else may sins be forgiven? So, sins may also be forgiven by someone making an act of perfect contrition. Perfect contrition. Perfect mm. contrition. Okay. So, like, it's like mm-hmm. a very heartfelt mm-hmm. desire, contrite desire to say, yeah. I'm sorry, really sorry for my sins, and I wish for forgiveness from God. Okay, okay. So, Camilla, here's the deal. Janelle is on the hook for, you can also be forgiven by making a perfect act of contrition, whereas Adrian is on the hook for, no, it's only the sacrament of penance. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. Camilla, uh, who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? I would go with Adrian if he was a pope, but I'm going with Janelle. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> that's good. Uh, can we hire you, Camilla? Are you available for work? I'm just curious because you are you sound amazing. Praise be to God. In fact, you yeah. are correct. You, <laughs> that's awesome. She's you so have smart. Uh, you have detected the, uh, the, the, the tomfoolery going on today. In fact, Adrian is wrong. You can make it a perfect act of contrition, but really quickly, uh, a perfect act of contrition means you have to be sorry for hurting God, right? Yes, so the perfect act of contrition has to be made with a completely contrite heart. It's a special gift from God by His grace to be able to be sorry for your sins for the sake of offending God and not out of fear of hell. All right, we got to go real quick to the next question. We're starting to run out of time. Here we go. Question number three, Janelle. What is the term for days of special prayer for a bountiful harvest for protection and for penance for sins? What do we call those days? Oh, um... I do believe those are called rogation days. Huh. Yes, rogation days. Interesting. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what is the term for days of special prayer for a bountiful harvest 
for protection and for penance for sins. What do we call those days? Uh, feral day? Uh, feral. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in, like as in wild? No, completely wrong. Completely. Feral wrong, like, uh, you know, well, like special devotion for days of bountiful harvest. Uh, wow. Okay, here we go. Adrian is on the hook for feral days, whereas Janelle is on the hook for rogation days. This is tricky. Who's right? Who's wrong? Camilla, what say you? Since I ran out of jokes, I'm going with Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Brilliant. Okay. That is oh. the best. Camilla, I want to give you a prize. Just for being fun, I oh. want to give you a prize. But praise be to God, we got to get her an autographed mug is what we yes. need. All right. We need to, uh, you're in for three. Praise God. Perfect score, Camilla. A rogation is the right answer there, but we need to pull a winner. Janelle, I don't know if you're going to win, Camilla. I don't know if it's God's <laughs> will, but maybe we'll give you a, an autographed mug nonetheless. Uh, right. Let's just see. You got a name over there? I have a name. And I have Jeffrey from Ohio. Jeffrey from Ohio. Congratulations. Congratulations. Praise be to God. Uh, uh, Camilla, I'm sorry. It was not God's will that your name come out of that cup, but you played a great game, and you were so much fun. And play again. Yes, please play again in the future. It's so fun. God love you, Camilla. I, I tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to send you an autographed mug for being so much fun today. How about that? Okay. I have an announcement to make. Okay. Right. you got to hurry, though. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time, where our purpose is to keep you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Well, God bless you, Camilla. You are amazing. You were so much fun, and you did such a great job. Thank you for hanging out with us today. God bless you, and God love you. Have a great day, Camilla, to you and your family. That is going to do it for our radio side of our program this week. We had a lot of fun talked to a lot of great guests and covered a lot of ground. Make sure you check out those interviews on our YouTube channel for Catholic Drive Time. You can find that by searching for Catholic Drive Time on YouTube or on Rumble or elsewhere. Everything is linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Check it out. We're going to go into the after show and hang out with you on the video feed on social media. Join us there. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus. That was hilarious. Welcome to the after show. It's of, amazing. Of the uh, Catholic Drive Time. Or actually, we should rename it to the Camilla Show. <laughs> it's like, from now on, it's here known as the Camilla Show. She was amazing. Even uh, Lori agrees. Camilla stole the show. She did. She was amazing. Praise be to God. She's joined the hashtag mug club. What, whatever happened to our friend with the hashtags? Uh, Chris? I haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, he hasn't been on for a while. I, I'm hurt. He told me, he said, you know, I was really tired of, of Joe. Yeah, he was 
starting to he kept on co- talking to me like i'm not a person he kept on calling me the hashtag guy you know, he's like i have a name you know <laughs> i have a name um, nah that's not what i'm uh, just joking have, has he heard of offering it up i mean come on man where's my i need my buttons i'm out of buttons here uh camilla was <sighs> you thank you thank what are we talking you. About? i don't know i'm not sure what we're talking about she was a lot of fun praise be to god that was a great uh great game show segment uh tammy good morning to you praise be to god good to see you mike k our friend 93 from Canada. Good to see you on. Praise be to God. The Burrier family, as always. <laughs> Angelo Bustamante. Good morning to you. Happy Friday. Praise be to Jesus. We have a new listener. Hey, now. It's, we have, oh, well, I love new listeners. Anna, I'm going to try to say your name last name correctly. Uh, Navara, Navarate? Navarate? Where's she uh, Something at? like that. It's on GRN, uh, the R, is this our Catholic Drive Time side, Facebook page. Hey now, praise and, be to God. Uh, looks like she came over from uh, from Lori. So thanks, Lori, for bringing Hallelujah. her over. Yes, Amen. Welcome Hallelujah. to the show. Love to have you. We love our first time commenters. And uh, Sita said, uh, "Adrian, the mighty moose, the mighty moose." Ah, <laughs> uh, praise be to God, William Hemsworth. I want to say that my conversation with William uh, about uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch is going to be released today on his YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. Go to William Hemsworth, the Bible Catholic, and uh, look for that today. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Christopher Velasquez, good morning. Elizabeth, Betty, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. Leticia, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Is Leticia Ramirez a brand new commenter? Are you a brand new commenter? No. Are you a second commenter? No. Third, fourth, fifth? Myra, good morning to you. It's good to see you back. Praise be to God. Uh, buddy, canine. canine. Oh, good. Why can't I say that correctly? Why? Why? What, what's going on in my mind? Uh, Michelle, good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, of course, Patty was here with us hanging out. We always love to see Patty. Glenn Trahan, good morning to you. Uh, let's see who else is on. Ubi. Ubi, good morning. Are we still having the same problem with the comments yep. on Facebook mm-hmm. as yesterday where we lose them? Looks like uh, Facebook is doing this now where it's only going to do like the last 20 comments or 30 comments or so. <sighs> Frustrated. Lori, good morning. Josh, good morning. Praise be to Jesus. Um, Sonia Morales. I think they, they all caught on to your Jimmy Neutron uh comment there janelle oh they did it's funny though because camilla is too young to remember oh. jimmy neutron yeah oh, that's jimmy right. neutron, she seems sharp as a tack yeah though. jimmy neutron wasn't a stopped being a thing um i guess when we were in high school they did like the jimmy neutron and fairly all parents crossovers and then they stopped airing the show and it hasn't been a thing for like for a while now mm-hmm. uh, i feel so old <laughs> <laughs> now i know how joe feels Ouch. Shots Ooh. fired. Sorry, sorry. Vintage. <laughs> vintage. Vintage. Thank you. Thank you. Vintage. Asista, Asita Nisa. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Uh, Dawn. Good to see you. Susan Weber. Praise be to Jesus. Joaquin and Gloria. Good morning to you. Josh Knoll. If I haven't said good morning, good morning. Uh, praise be to God. I was talking to Jesus Robles, and he said that when they um, heard Rogation Days, they were thinking <laughs> that it was a hair-growing product. Were they, were, they, were they trying to say that I'm going bald? Uh, mm. Is he trying to say that Jesus is going bald? Were they trying to say they're a little too shiny up top? The, the forest is getting thin? Is, what, what, were they, what was he trying to say? The tonsure is the new look. The tonsure is the new look. <laughs> 
it's, it's in. It's in. Tonsure, yeah. I carry my tonsure with me all the time now. <laughs> Lori um, said, does act of perfect contrition work for mortal sins? Yes. I didn't get the chance to expand on that. Yes, it does. But you have to have the intention of going to confession as soon as you're able. Yeah. So, so if like, you are going down in an airplane and it's falling to the earth, and you make uh, a perfect act of contrition, but somehow miraculously you do not die in the crash, you got to go to confession, right? Right. And the other thing is, um, like, for instance, there's a story of a priest who his mother died, a Jew, and at the moment of her death, Our Lady appears to her, and this was unbeknownst to the priest. He ended up praying for her soul for the next, like, two decades, and out of special grace from Our Lady, he revealed she revealed to him uh, the moment of his mother's death and how Our Lady appeared to him and revealed the true faith to her. And at that moment, she converted in her heart, even though she was not baptized, but she converted in her heart, had a baptism of a desire. And she, they said uh, that Our Lady told, told the priest that if she would have come back to life, she would have lived the rest of her life as a faithful Catholic. And so Ooh. the same way at the perfect contrition, yes, you can have perfect contrition, but it has to be with the intention if if you were to uh, not die at that moment or if you were able to if you're in a situation where that was necessary uh you have to be able to have the interior disposition that you're going to abandon your sin and uh and you get to confession asap mm-hmm. yeah perfect act of contrition probably hard to pull off uh, harder than it sounds but i think the real key there is to realize that you uh there's there's perfect uh contrition and then there's uh, not perfect contrition. Uh, not perfect contrition might be, uh, well, I just don't want to go to hell. I'm just really scared and afraid of going to hell. So I'm sorry, but it's because I don't want to go to hell. That's less perfect than I'm sorry for having offended you, my God, who are all deserving of all my love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you are, it's like you are truly sorry that you hurt someone you really love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an important distinction, I think. Yeah, so the distinction is um, contrition, which is a sorrow for your sins, and attrition, which is a uh, fear of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, I mean, you, and listen, it still works to be afraid of hell. But oh, yeah, it works, but you just got to get to confession. Yeah, you got to get to confession. It'd be better if you were actually sorry that you, you offended God. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Valdez, good morning to you. Is Maria a brand new commenter? I can't remember. Uh, don't s- I think Oh, I so. think so. I think it I is think a new so. commenter. Wow. Praise be to God. Maria, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. We Welcome love, to the show. We love our new commenters. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. I just had a, a, um, a struck of um, wisdom, I guess, inspiration. for the, It's called rogation because rogation days refer to asking for a bountiful harvest. Mm-hmm. But with a, as a hair product, you're asking for a bountiful. Oh, no. <laughs> for a bountiful Why are you looking at me like that, Janelle? I'm not. Don't, don't be staring at my baldness. Talk. Good grief. Yikes. You, you pointed know, it out, not me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can, deal with, uh, I can deal with a lot of things in life. You know, graying of the beard. Fine. Whatever. Uh, going bald uh, is a little bit harder because uh, it's out of your control. Um, mm-hmm. Going blind is really frustrating, though. Oh, it's yes. the most frustrating thing of, of getting older is going blind. Mm-hmm. Um, not having a, you know, I had, per, I had 20-20 vision for the longest time. Now to have to wear glasses, it's rough. I'm so glad I'm never going to be old. <laughs> never. You're never going to be old. Mm-hmm. Ever, 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 ever. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, another great question or comment uh, is from Michelle. 
She said, thanks, Adrian. Do I understand this correctly? So for miracles to unfold, I'll proclaim and put it in writing. I do believe in miracles. Bring on a few more miracles. That is some good thinking to end this week and begin the weekend. Uh, not quite. So our Lord, uh, we talked about this, I think, yesterday. Our Lord uh, gives miracles based on his own will. We talked about the raising of Lazarus and what was the virtue there. The virtue there was that that the... Um, at the the sisters were saying, not our my will, but your will be done, Lord. Like we know, we know that you can perform a miracle. We are a hundred percent certain of it. We know that you can raise him from the dead, but we don't know what your will is, and we know for certain that your will is greater than my will. So I'm not even going to ask because you know, and, and it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask for miracles, but in this situation, she said, "I'm not even going to ask because." have such faith in your providence and have such faith in the fact that you can do a miracle that you will do it if you decide that that's the right thing to do. Mm. And so it's, it's slightly like that, but not quite. Uh, we don't want to um, turn into like a superstition. It's like, just, if I just believe hard enough, God will make, have, do a miracle. It's yeah. not, it's not that. Trustful surrender to divine providence. I've been saying, I want to do a, a, like a video series on that. It is so good. It's so good. St. Columbert. Uh, trustful surrender to divine providence. If you've, it's published by Tan. If you uh, have never read it, I encourage you to read it. You can find uh, people who have narrated it on YouTube. Uh, there's plenty of options, uh, but it's a great read. It's not very big, not very long. Uh, I highly recommend it because it dives into this issue: accepting God's will, no matter what, accepting everything that happens to you as though it comes from the very hand of God is a powerful opportunity. And basically, the, the, the tagline of the book is to, this is how you find true happiness. This is how you live with peace and happiness, contentment in your life. It's the answer to stoicism. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Glenn Trahan says, My hair decided a long time ago not to turn gray, but to turn loose. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm laughing yeah. at the Lori's yeah. comment. Losing your teeth, Joe, would be worse. That is true. It's a no, lot dude. easier to get fake teeth than I think than, than no. the hair. I would rather I would rather not lose my teeth. I would rather have my teeth than mm-hmm. than, than have your hair? Uh, no, than my than having eyesight. I think you should refer to eyesight. You'd rather be blind? Not blind, but I need what? glasses. Those if are you two had different to things. choose. If you had to choose between teeth and sight, you're gonna go with teeth? Depends. Like if you're saying blind, well, that's that's extreme. But I'm talking about like just getting older, having worse eyesight. No, I'd rather have my teeth. I don't know, man. I'd rather have my teeth easily, uh, easily. Uh, the Burrier family says. Uh, Jonah says, please pray for my grandma. Absolutely, I will pray a rosary for your grandma on my way to Lafayette. Yeah. Uh, Sienna said, thank you for my mug. You're very welcome, Sienna, and thank you for your letter. Much yeah. appreciated. Yeah, and I think yeah. your nice birthday's letter. coming up on the 2nd of August, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to call in. Call in early for the game show. We'll have you on. My oldest daughter's got a birthday in August. Hers is the 22nd. Oh. Wow. 20 yeah. days apart. Yeah. Praise be to God. Happy birthday to you. Uh, let's see here. Reading the book, Joe, because of your suggestion. Oh, cool. Praise God, Lori. That's awesome. Trustful surrender to divine providence. You eat with your eyes, but you chew with your teeth. Hmm. hmm. Deep Thoughts by Lori Powell. Did you know that um, people typically notice um, teeth problems before they notice anyone else? There's a picture of this family. <laughs> I'm um, sure. There's this picture of this family. And so um, it says like, oh, um, dental is super important because you notice that the guy is a picture of a family. You notice that the guy had um, 
a missing tooth before you notice that they all didn't have eyebrows. <laughs> Which is really very interesting. Awkward. Okay. Wow. That's a great point, picture. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Like, you notice like mm-hmm. those kind of things. Spinach in your teeth, notice immediately. Yeah. I'm not worried about my priest confessor, but my dentist does trouble me. You know, You're not they, worried about your They know all the confessor. secrets. Yes, they the know, all, know all. You all can't the hide secrets. from them. You can't hide <laughs> from them. Well, the dentist doesn't take a vow of a, uh, <laughs> a, a silence. A silence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not bound by the confessional exactly. like, like a priest is. Yikes. Uh, praise be to God for it, though. Um, yeah, it just reminded me of uh, Washington, a General Washington who had no teeth, had fake teeth. Yes, he had a, what was it, made he out of wood, like walruses? Wooden, yeah, yeah, wooden teeth, yeah. Uh, Glenn says, doing diaconate formation retreat this weekend. How? Oh, that's so cool. It says, please pray for all in formation and for the formation team and for our retreat master, Monsignor James Anderson. I think we'll, I, we'll do I know for Monsignor Anderson? I'm I I sure you do. I think I do. Uh, Maria said she listens on the radio, but she's now live on her cell phone. I love it. Awesome. Praise be to God. Well, tune in with us every day. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Sue said, I was losing my hair fast, but it stopped. My cousins would make fun of me. Then they lost, then they lost all their hair. <laughs> I still have mine. Praise be <laughs> to Jesus. Ouch. I don't use caps, uh, hats. Those are bad. Yeah. Um, are you trying to tell me something, Jesus? Tell you something about, about my hat? Camilla yeah. was amazing, by the way. Yeah. She, that was, she was a hoot. That was obviously your daughter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> obviously your daughter. I can see she, the resemblance. Has, has the wisdom, the knowledge, and the wit yes. of a Jesus Robles. <laughs> oh, man. She's going to be a force to be contended with. Uh, whew, grief. That was amazing. Praise be to God. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, uh, Genevieve wants to hear the dub duh. button. You got it, Genevieve. Duh. That was the one thing I missed the most, not being in the studio for a week and a half. Is your dub button? This is my dub button. I couldn't, I couldn't actually press it whenever I wanted to. We were talking to Patrick Coffin yesterday and we were discussing the, uh, <laughs> about the whole alien thing again. And I kept on thinking. <laughs> And we were, uh, and I just have to say that Patrick Coffin agreed with me and not Joe. I'm just saying. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it that. 100. percent No. Exactly what happened. No. Mm-hmm. No. No way. All right. Straw poll. Uh, aliens. Do you think they exist? Yes or no? Or do separate you think? Question. Or do you think they're they're really demons? N- these are two separate questions. <laughs> because if they are demons, that would mean that they don't exist. Hmm. hmm. But if they do exist, they're not necessarily You're demons. Demons don't else. exist. No, of course they exist. Then they exist. They're not aliens. If they're demons and demons exist, then aliens exist. Then they just—they're just demons. No, that's not how it works. No, the syllogism is broken on so many levels. That's flawed logic. Come now, you don't remember? Uh, If A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then A is equal to C. Hello, <laughs> hello. It's math, dude. To go, where's Amper when you need him? I, I, <laughs> Andrew, Jimmy Andrea Maria Amper, Amper. How do you say that for properly? It's French. Emperi, 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 Emperi. We get Amp from him, right? The, yes, the, amps, amps, um, yeah, Amperes, Amperage, Amperage. Yes, yeah, that comes from him. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I'm uh, looking right now trying Ooh, to get a lo- DB logician is on, on the board for definitely demons. <laughs> DB DV over on uh, over on uh, YouTube. Oh, I see. Is DV a brand new commenter? DV is a brand new commenter. Well, what do you say? Crazy oh, wait, to God. sorry. Let's do the 
There we go. No, very welcome. This is not how we treat brand new commenters, Adrian. They are welcome. We try not to, you know, corrupt their minds. Uh, by the way, DV, do not avoid like the plague the video that goes with that song. The song sounds innocent enough, but when you watch the video, it's 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 not good. I have to play it again because Dominic just said Jesus is a friend of mine. Oh no, so Dominic! I have to play it. Sorry, Jesus. Jesus. Give him an excuse. we're glad to have There's you commenting, DV. Thanks for doing it. Uh, praise be to God, Mr. Thomas Anderson. Good morning to you. Thank you for commenting, DV. But it's definitely not demons. Just so you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Camilla said they are demons. Wow, we are ahead in the poll here. Uh, Sorry, everybody so far, Everybody is here is wrong. Two to zero. Uh, they're black eyes, big heads, funny nose, and baldness. What? Yeah, baldness is a sign of demonic activity. You, what, what are you trying to say? Um, you know what? I changed my mind. Camilla's right. <laughs> baldness is a, is a sign of the demonic. Uh, that's funny, man. Uh, you guys talked uh, to Miss Emily. Um, yes, I talked to her uh, two days ago. And how's she doing? She's doing well. She's doing very well. We were. She was actually uh, in Houston a couple weeks ago. I didn't get to see her when she was here because I was sick. She came. She was in Houston uh, during uh, when we had me and Joe were out, and she was helping out at a local parish. They were having their summer camp, uh, Saint Teresa's, with Gabriel Castillo, and so she flew down to help them. Hey now, we are we are three to zero in the straw poll thanks to Pavarello. Okay, Pavarello. I, I need to explain my position. How do I say position. that? Is it Pavarello? By the way, Pavarello, thank you for being a first time commenter. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, praise be to God. Let me give my. You got you got to say your logic. You got to use your logic. I need to explain my position. Pavarello. My position needs thank to be explained. Thank you for commenting. So this is my position. My position is one: aliens do not exist because of number of reasons. Uh, two of which is one: life can't come from non-life, so God would have to have deliberately made it. And if you are an atheist and you believe it happened randomly, well, then the universe is so large. I say it's infinite size. There has to be aliens. I'm saying no, that's not true because the chances of life occurring is so minuscule and so like astronomically large. The percentage of chance of, ha- of it happening that it's impossible for it to happen. So. One, one, aliens do not exist. Two, okay, what are the things we're seeing in the skies? What is all that going on? I think it's a. it can be a, one of a couple things. One, it could be a government psyop, uh, which is the one I lean toward. It could be advanced technology from other governments. And I don't think it's demons because I don't see the – the the allure of demons to pretend to be flying around flying saucers and not talk to anyone and show up on cameras. We've never <laughs> caught a demon on camera before in our how in the you, history how, of the church. How would you know that? Because I looked at every picture at, and all of society for the, all of time. Uh, there's 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 image there's f- uh, at least rec- sound recordings. There might be some video of of exorcisms of exorcism, but not the demons. Well, the demons are involved in those exorcisms, and therefore yeah, they've been he- caught. You on can film. hear them. But uh, they're not. You we, can't see them. Do you do you see that? What's going on here? This is called denial. Mm-mm. I'm just saying. No, nope. I'm just saying. Mm-mm. Look what you've done to Mr. Thomas Anderson. Oh my! He says, "I am watching the video. Jesus is a friend of mine." Why have I not watched this? Before? You're welcome, Mr. Thomas. No, you're welcome. <laughs> he, you've you've been corrupted by by Adrian Fonseca. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's a terrible thing. I don't recommend. In fact, I I would highly encourage you. To avoid that Jesus is a friend of mine video. Oh, and Patrick Coffin's position was that aliens are an invention of the modern world uh, because they don't believe in demons, but they have to see some kind of ma- maleficent creature that is above humans. 
And so they created the idea of aliens. And so aliens are equivalent in idea and and the idea of demons, but they're not actual demons, according to Patrick Hoffman. I think we're, where are we at? Susan Weber says, aliens and demons both explain government. <laughs> are you saying that the government are run? I, so I got to tell you, the people in the government are actually reptilians who are from the center of the earth. I'm just saying. The center of the saying. earth. They're from, they're from space. They're they're aliens. Josh yeah. said, I'm with Adrian on the alien question. Okay, so you Thank got you. one. Josh so you got one. is the only person right. in the comments we've, we've that, has, that, that knows this. You've things. got one. That knows it. So far, we're crushing this. We are crushing this. But he says, there's a picture of a demon during the Amityville investigation. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Picture of a demon during the Amityville investigation. Hmm. Uh, why is Michelle Vaughn's comment grayed yeah, out? I have no idea. That's it weird. does that randomly. It, co- it often... Uh, graze out buddies, and I have to keep on unhiding it. It's kind of weird. That is weird. You, Facebook, what, what's going on there? It doesn't like the word aliens, uh, I guess. Tammy I said, aliens are God's creatures to give us something to play with. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> like animals, then. <clears throat> interesting, interesting. Well, but, that would be another question. If they exist, which I don't believe that they do, but if they exist, <laughs> would they be rational creatures? Uh, and if they were rational creatures, would they be fallen? And if they were not rational creatures, then they'd just be like animals. And just be like another creature in, on in, on Earth. Did you ever watch Ad Astra? And I never know what that is. With Br- Brad Pitt. Mm-mm. How many people have seen Ad Astra with Brad Pitt? Raise your hand. Um, I found that fascinating because it was a big Hollywood film with huge Hollywood a- actors like Brad Pitt, for instance. And uh, the conclusion of the film was, we are alone in this universe. And that saddened people. I was very fascinated. I was like, I couldn't believe Hollywood put this out. That's that's crazy. I couldn't believe people like Brad Pitt were in the film, uh, and they still put out that message. Uh, Provarello says, I think some of it is PSYOP or secret technology, but there are some crazy stories of people who had encounters with appeared to be aliens, but which were propelled by the name of our Lord. Okay, I believe that. That's a hundred percent. I could, I a hundred percent would uh, would concede the point that aliens, I mean, demons could appear as aliens. So, like, if someone had like an obsession with aliens and the devil saw that as an opportunity to lead them into some kind of evilness, I could easily see the idea of a demon taking on the form of a of an uh, of an alien of what the person perceives aliens to be like, um, because that would be easy way for them to manipulate them. So I could totally see that because demons can take the form of other things. I mean, Padre Pio. You can see that it took the form of, yeah. of animals. Uh, we see with St. Dominic's life, he took the demons took but a form of women. that's my angle on all this. And I, but I, I say that's incredibly rare. That doesn't explain the ones that are flying might, around in right. the skies. You might be right. I, I can't say whether or not aliens are psyops or are demons. I wouldn't know either way. Uh, probably psyops. Uh, that seems like a good explanation of the whole thing. However, comma, my point is, and in just pondering the topic is that it, look at uh, the levels in which uh, diabolical confusion can be manifested. It happens at personal level. It can happen at a family level. It can happen at a societal level. And that's where I'm getting to. It's like I can, I can see a case, an argument could be made where uh, demons, in order to bring about the destruction of souls, would c- further want to confuse people at every level possible it's one of the tools in their toolbox to uh to confuse people about the nature of creation about god's uh mission and plan for humanity and i could see him uh the devil and the demons wanting to confuse at government levels as much as possible 
Uh, so I, I can see an argument to be made there. Is it true? I don't know. But I do know it's not uh, beyond the capabilities of the demons based on experiences like the ones you've just mentioned. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Mr. Thomas said, uh, let's see, OMG, I am watching this video. You, okay, not that one. Uh, I thought <laughs> I, I, I read that one already. No, I but thought, did you see what Tammy said earlier? Oh. One um, second, one second. He said, I so thought brilliant. angels are aliens. Mike Pearl in the door says angels are aliens. He's that guy that you were talking about, the Protestant guy. Um, yeah, that's – so I looked at the guy's site. He is kind of a kind of a wacky uh, Protestant, kind of has some strange ideas. I looked up his, his uh, YouTube channel, scrolling through it. But no, yeah, a- aliens are not angels, or rather angels are not aliens because you said uh, I thought angels are aliens. No, angels are not aliens. They are uh, pure spirit. They could take the form of anything, but angels wouldn't do that. Demons might. Uh, I could. I will concede the point that it's possible. It's logically possible that al- uh, aliens could be demons or demons could be aliens, but angels would not do that because it creates confusion. It creates chaos. It creates fear, and angels wouldn't do that. Uh, at least not in that way. They would. Uh, if the idea of fear is uh, would be a holy fear that you would have whenever an angel appears, not a diabolical fear. So mm. no, uh, that's a very important thing to note. So angels, no, they're pure spirit. They can take the form of other things, but they are good, and they wouldn't do things that would cause confusion, chaos, and uh, fear. Speaking of good and inspiring and beautiful, oh no, the horns of the apocalypse. Speaking of demons and aliens. <laughs> Tammy asked for the horns because she's brilliant and insightful and she knows what inspiration really, really sounds like. The horns of the apocalypse. That used to be the way we would greet brand new commenters mm-hmm. until until uh, a certain person on the team decided uh, to use some other kind of you know, I, sounder. I think it started with this one. <clears throat> and then you put the other one as a uh, way to battle me out. And then uh, it went to the hallelujah. But we haven't played this one in a while. Pavarello. <laughs> that was funny. That was hilarious. He says, a guy at an organic food store once asked me how the universe was treating me. I think he was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Praise be to God. Oh, man. I tell you what. Uh, Michelle says, I consider aliens to be fictional. Thank yeah, you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's a good chance yeah. of it. Fake news. Yeah, for Great sure. Chance. There's a good chance of it, but, on, but there man. there is strange technology in the world. But uh, you know that's the problem with um, psyops, right? They uh, they're always trying to like we didn't know about the F one seventeen that was uh, you know reported as aliens uh, for the longest time because of their flight pattern. In fact, they uh, there's a those secret air bases in the desert. They fly those experimental planes on the same flight patterns, and they have for many years. And so all along those flight patterns, you'll see this tremendous amount of reporting going on about uh, strange activity in the air and all that. And um, I think the government's happy to let that narrative stay out there. I think it helps them to, uh, one, create confusion in the, in the minds of their enemies and, and to keep, uh, keep the populace not thinking about their actual technology, but are rather about some other stuff. Uh, Thomas, Mr. Thomas says... Um, could the whole universe be the brain of God? No. God doesn't have a brain except in the fact that Jesus has a brain, but that is uh, the mystery of the incarnation, which is distinct from the Godhead. The Godhead is, is uh, non 
physical. It's not created. The universe is a creation of God. And so it is infinitely less than God. The universe isn't alive. It's a creation. It's like a rock, just a very complicated rock. It's a, it's, it's pure physical. It's a material. It's non, non-spiritual. So no. Uh, Josh says, do you think angels walk among us? Yes. The Bible says that we entertain angels unawares. I don't think angels are like walking around all the time, but they can take the form of man. And so, yes, angels do walk among us. How often? I would probably say less often than some people think and more often than most people think. Um, but yes, the Bible says we entertain angels unawares. So, yes. That story of uh, Professor Pakalik, who was on, uh, Adrian, I think you were out sick. Mm-hmm. Um he talked about how he was drowning in when he was in Harvard, and uh, three men out of nowhere showed up and saved him. Uh, yes. Pro- dragged him out of the water, and then just not saying a word, walked away. Yeah. Probably angels. Probably angels. And Probably. The way, I could buy that. And the way he described it was like, it wasn't like you, it was a place where there was a lot of people. It was, in fact, it was a very remote location mm-hmm. where nobody was there, and they yes. just, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, we... There's, I've had, I've had a few examples of that. I think in my own life. Mm-hmm. Could I, I be. Know people I don't with, know. Uh, Could be encounters like that. Could be. I just know this. I, I'm not living holy enough to see my own guardian angel, <laughs> like uh, Padre Pio did. Maybe you are seeing him. You don't realize it. It's possible. But if I were my guardian angel, I wouldn't let me see me either. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. At any rate, we're out of time. God bless you. It's been fun hanging out with you. Thanks to the new commenters. We really enjoy commenting with you and hanging out with you and uh, talking about whatever comes up. Praise be to God. We look forward to being on next week. Uh, Let's see, who's on the show next week? Do I have any? I don't have any notes, so I don't know. It'll be great. That much I know. I just don't know who, but I know it'll be great. We have uh, Patrick Coffin, that much I know, and an exorcist. They'll be coming up, but... Tune in Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, and share us with your friends and your family. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on.